Check. Mic check. One, two. Yo, is this thing on or what? What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Platform Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dex. If it's your first time tuning in, make sure you check out the previous shows on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Today, we got one of our buddies in town. He's playing at Barstool here in Nashville. From Florida, we got Landis in the house. Landis, how's it going, man? It's good, man. I'm waking up. I'm drinking some Red Bull. Just yeah. getting ready for the night, you know? Finally uh, getting getting the second wind here for the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's some four-second wind. The Red Bull, the coffee, it's just like all starting to, to pop. You got up. you got your fix of everything? It's, it's getting me there. Yeah. You know? Just an early flight, 7 a.m. Uh, you know, I wake up at like 7 a.m., which for, for DJ time, that's like not sleeping at all, you know? Uh, so I woke up super early, headed to the airport, and just... Came right here. Mm-hmm. And you haven't played in Nashville before? So first time playing in Nashville, I've been out here once or twice for like a writing session. Yeah. At, uh, I did it at Warner. Mm-hmm. It was like they pair you up with a random writer. Luna's going to be part of the interview now. Oh, yeah. She's she's always uh, getting in the pod, so. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, that was, that was the uh, the last time I was out here, probably 2017 or so. Okay. First time playing at Barstool out here, though. You've uh, played at Barstool in Scottsdale. Yeah, so I played uh, Barstool Scottsdale, and then they have a couple like sister venues as mm-hmm. well. Um, one of them is called Four Palm Beach, where I play at a lot in South Florida, and it's a cool spot. You know, small room, but uh, Barstool is definitely a bigger, bigger room, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the vibe is tonight. Yeah, the bar here is dope. I really like the uh, the setup of it. Um, yeah, you haven't even probably been in it yet. I did a little, like, you know. Some Instagram digging? Before. Yeah. No, I, don't know. I did a little recon when I was walking around the city. Ah. I like to, like, undercover go into the venues before sometimes just yeah. to get a feel for what it looks like, uh, you know, from the crowd perspective and stuff. Okay. So, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's nice because you have that upper mezzanine and then people can kind of sit up there and they have a downward booth yeah, angle of the, the, the crowd or. Yeah, so I'm curious if it'll fill up up top also or if you, yeah usually is it fill up typically up does yeah okay. um it's nice because most of the other bars here in the city are built upward like that where it's it's two three floors okay. and they'll kind of always do a live band on the first floor and then you have djs on the second floor or the rooftop something like that so it's a kind of getaway where let's say you get sick of listening to the bands you can pop up to the second floor yeah yeah but i think so tonight I know they have like a live band country mm-hmm. act before me. Yep. Which would be an interesting transition going from that to like they've, house. They've got it down, but, man. But uh, yeah, you know, they said, yeah, they gave me the whole rundown. They're like, they're literally going to move the stage while I'm playing in the beginning to the, yeah. to the front and center. Yeah, they uh, literally will have the band packing up. Because like, they don't they're... want any, you know, you don't want any lag time between yeah. the two. They want to try to keep as many people in there as possible. Yeah, we actually, uh, I just sat down with, with Iga, the uh, the GM there, Okay. and that was one of the things that we talked about is how to transition from those bands and keep the party going with the DJ without having yeah. dead air, dead space, and well, not letting you know, people leave. I'm always like, should I play my intro or not? Like, I, I have like a Landis intro, right? Yeah. With a countdown and all that stuff. Tonight's a probably not situation if i had to guess sometimes what i'll do is i'll play a couple tracks and then i'll mix into the intro a couple from tracks there. so people know who the fuck i am yeah you know? um, if there's no like led wall are you um, are you a microphone guy uh, i don't love getting on the mic i definitely have gotten like accustomed to it if i you know if i need it you can definitely tell the crowds that need that interaction and i will say like you know it, i think 
the energy picks up when you get on the mic a bit. Yeah. So I know Barstool, Scottsdale, they were like, hey, no mic, but is it is gotcha. the mic here? Or? Um, I haven't really been here, been at the bar too much while DJs are playing because I'm yeah. typically DJing too. So I'm not really sure. I know Diesel plays there a lot, and I know he, he likes to work the mic, so I'm sure okay. he's on the mic when he's at Barstool. Uh, yeah, so I'll probably really hop sure. on a couple times. Yeah. You know? It's definitely something that I've always been like not super comfortable yeah. with is getting on the mic, which is funny because like you're up there for hours, but like that's the thing I always get in my head about. Like if I get the fucking countdown wrong or something. It's definitely <laughs> an it's an art because if you're on it too much, yeah, you got people you hate be, it. Yeah, it should be interesting though, because like I know it's a lot of people f- coming in, coming mm-hmm. out and stuff. I I'm in this weird area of my career where I'll play like artist shows, which are like landish yeah. shows. People know me, know my music. And then more like club nights like this, where it's like I gotta kind of get the attention, keep the attention, yeah, um, and play the room. You know, it's more of a traditional like DJ role. How do you like that? Because I feel like that's gonna only make you a better DJ and so performer. A hundred percent. I think my DJing from like three years ago to now has like completely transformed just yeah. by reading the room and being a proper DJ. Because I was a little bit like, um, you know, lucky before, but it was just all not lucky because like. I'm playing way more than I was, but it's because I've become more of a traditional DJ mixed in with my artist side. Yeah. Before I was only doing the artist side and I wasn't willing to take a booking unless it was like a Landis show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so making that transition has been interesting, but it's definitely, it also has helped my music develop a lot because I can really see what works in the room and then bring that into my productions and build a song around that. Whereas before I was just sitting in my room just trying to make music without any like um, live inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you making a lot of remixes and stuff right now or are you just mainly focused on originals lately? Yeah, it's been mainly originals. Yeah. Um, I've done a couple remixes here and there. I think the last one I did, it was uh, it was actually with a student from the academy that, okay. that we run, Wired Sound Academy, and it was a remix of Kodak Black's uh, Walk. Yeah. Plays out super well. Um, but, and it was just like a curveball remix, right? Cause like, it wasn't like a huge track by Kodak Black, but mm-hmm. like, it's a cool, cool vibe if you listen to it. Yeah. Uh, so that was the last one I did, but most, mostly original stuff is okay. where I'm focusing. Yeah. I mean, we got a little bit of time, so that's some of the stuff we're going to get into. Um, talking about Wired Sound Academy, your guys' academy for, for DJing mm-hmm. music production. Um, we'll talk about you as a producer, uh, and then big thing that we want to get into is social media marketing yourself and how you are doing that. Because I personally think that you're, you do that very well, uh, as far as your TikTok goes, Instagram reels, that. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a and grind. It's yeah. huge right now. I mean, you have to. Yeah. I think, you know, like, I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't love it. Yeah. You know, if, if I were like in my pure happy place all day, it would just be making music, playing shows, making music, playing shows. The content stuff, it's a must right now. It's not like a, should we do it? It's like, if you don't do it, your music will not get out there. Um, and you're missing out on a potential audience that wouldn't have discovered your music. So I, the way I view content is like, okay, um, first of all, what what value is it adding to the person watching it, right? Because you always want to make sure it's engaging. It shouldn't just be like selfish, like, hey, check out me and what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so is it funny? Is it teaching something? You know, it should have one of those checkboxes where it's adding some value to the person watching. And then how can you tie it in to your music, um, right? So, like, 
the the no request track that I did yeah. was a good example of like how you can use social media to pre-market a track and then it, it helped the overall track like chart on Beatport. It was like number three on Tech House um, when it came out because I did like a whole TikTok thing. Hey, DJs, like if you're struggling with requests at the club, one well, track. At the time that you released that was when all those Bad Bunny requests yeah. were blowing up. Yeah, so it was like kind of a joke thing. Yeah. But like, you know, it, it, I think uh, it, the track still holds up. It still plays out super well. I get, I got tagged in like a video from some guy in Australia like two days ago dropping it. So like I think, you know, it's like tying in like the like a little bit funny, but also making it into a really strong track that people want to listen to and, mm-hmm. and enjoy. Um, is is where you'll find some cool middle ground of succeeding with music right now. Yeah, and then you just had a track drop. So I had two tracks. Yeah, drop today oh, or like yesterday. Ma- uh, so it was last week. Oh, was, last week uh, it was on the tenth. Yeah, last yeah. last Friday, uh, or actually Thursday. Sorry, I fucked it up. Yeah. Usually it's always almost on Friday, but for some reason the label released it on Thursday. It was on a Hexagon mm-hmm. and Don Diablo's label, and it was called Young Wild Free. Um, kind of has. Very similar sample to uh, Still Dre. Yeah, Dre. Yeah. Hope I don't get sued. But, <laughs> but like, you know, I love... Well, now um, that you're admitting that that's what yeah, the sample exactly. is from. Yeah. I know. So it didn't actually come from them. Yeah. The interesting thing is like I just... Uh, I heard a guitar sample through Spice. Mm-hmm. I pitched it down and then I double timed that sample. Yeah. And it started to sound like that. And I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, like to come up with it like, organically like that. So I'm guessing that's probably what Still Dre came from as well. It's probably a double-timed guitar sample. Yeah, because you listen um, to it and you can, you can hear, like if you're familiar with that with, song, you can hear that sample, but it's exactly. definitely not like exactly it. No, no, it's a different means. key and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so And it didn't actually come from that. It just, yeah. it, I organically stumbled on it when I was like sampled. It, it gives me like uh, listening to that it, and even like the previous song too of like a foreign um like european like indian arabic kind of yeah. like vibe to it so a big thing i've been focusing on you're talking about flex on this also yeah, flex, the one yep. that was on chami's uh, label confession which came out like a month ago yeah so i've been uh in this thing and i haven't really like publicly put together how i want to market myself doing it that's why i'm just releasing the music but before flex on this was a track called tokyo trip with martin jensen so almost all of my music like not all of them, but a lot of them have like a specific area that's influenced. So yeah, that's on purpose. Like I'm right now, I specifically thought in my mind, this is probably uh, the track that kind of like put it together for me was, it was called Puerto Rico. Um, I dropped it maybe a year ago on Fresh Squeeze. Yeah. And it was like a regional track, right? So it had some like elements from like Latin house. This is before Latin house was like popping off. I'm not, not saying anything, but I was pretty early on the, on the Latin house. Uh, not stuff. saying you, you did it or <laughs> but anything, yeah. but, but I was there. Uh, so, you know, I, I put that track out. It's done really well. And what I did was I hyper-focused like marketing to Puerto Rico. Like yeah. I literally uh, ran ads in Puerto Rico. Um, I got some, uh, a influencer who was like a Puerto Rican influencer to post with the track. And it worked really well. The track's almost at like 3 million streams now on Spotify. So I was like, all right, wait, this is cool. Like, because I'm always looking for inspiration, right? So what if I pick a region and then make a song around that region? Yeah. Um, And so then Flex on this has that kind of Arabic uh, feel. Uh, It has like a Middle Eastern uh, violin. Um, The uh, Young Wild Free track is a little more like urban, like hip hop. You know, mm-hmm. so either region, time period, but some influence that's specific and feels like organic. 
Um, and so that's where I've been heading with my music. Same with Tokyo Trip. Had like the, uh, it was like a Japanese puck sound that was used in it. Um, so that's a lot of like where my head's at with music. I have one uh, that's not released called Cheeky Little uh, Club Banger. It's like a British uh, kind of UK uh, rap style song. And you called it Cheeky too? Cheeky Little Club So the banger. song fits too? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, you know, that's that's where my head's at. And that's I think it's important to have a direction and kind of stick to it and, and you know. So how are you when you're when you're making these songs and you're trying to kind of get that direction fit to a certain region, does that involve a lot of kind of studying the music in that region or is that something that you've just kind of learned? Yeah, I mean, well, I do a lot of sample digging on Mm -hmm. Splice, right? So both Flex on this, uh, it was a chopped Flex on this was a chopped up uh, Middle Eastern sample. Um, and then Tokyo trip was also a chopped up sample that I found from a, it was a Japanese, uh, influence sample pack. So that's usually where I, I start right now. Um, except for like, you know, I've been really into, um, I'm trying to think of, yeah, it's like UK grime stuff like that. Okay. Uh, I definitely am feeling that stuff right now. Yeah. And, and I think Skrillex just dropped a track today. That's like that kind of feel, but you know, I like, I like. A lot of music from a lot of different regions and um, I'm not specifically like what region should I do today but if I stumble upon something that it kind of like starts to spark that then I'll like start to lean into it as far as I mean like you said when you're just kind of going through and you're you stumble upon a sample is that kind of when the production for the song starts or yeah are you already starting prior to that where you're like know so a little bit I have like two ways right now I've been very big on like lyric writing the past year, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I feel like I kind of fucked up my whole career. I feel like I'm a much, almost n- not stronger lyric writer, but I think I'm really actually a great lyric writer um, as opposed to like, I'm not saying I'm a bad producer at all, yeah. but I think my one of my biggest strengths that I haven't like gone into is, is lyric writing. And it's partially just because I, I didn't have any background in it or like believe that I knew what I was doing yeah but i'm starting to do it i'm starting to write these lyrics and then outsource it to like fiverr which we talked about before yeah um not in the podcast but we could talk about that a bit and uh and the stuff is sounding great and it's getting signed i have uh one track it's signed to like a sony sub label um so the full song or just the lyrics full, that you're writing song. okay yeah full song um but yeah it has the lyrics i i wrote for it in the song yeah um and from a singer that i found and stuff and tokyo trip also the one with martin jensen so then how does that things. work as far as like publishing wise then are you getting paid so it's awesome because uh so yeah i mean well the two tracks i just referenced are collabs well no so not not the singer there's actually a, like uh tokyo trip was with martin jensen yeah who helped with the production who you, side. yeah who you collabed with yeah. um so we i usually just split that stuff 50 50 mm-hmm. uh because i think that's fair you know mm-hmm. when, when an artist is releasing with another artist yeah um but yeah the vocalists it's actually that's why i'm loving fiverr is because they don't like really want to you know i don't know get into the track so they're just looking at it as like a flat fee it's just a flat okay yeah. um so because they don't know where the track is going so yeah you pay a flat fee um i get a work for hire agreement which is just like, yep. hey, this is you know a fee for this. This is all stuff local. I was just learning about in my music production classes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then you get to release it. Yeah, and you know it's awesome for for me as the artist. 
Yeah, it's crazy to think about that though. Where it's you could just that song could end up blowing up, and for whoever is that vocalist, then yeah, the last the last vocalist actually that for the UK track did ask. He was like, "Hey, can I just get like a you know like a small like a five percent mm-hmm. um, ownership of it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course." You know, if they ask, like I'm not you know against it. Yeah, but I am. It's not like I'm asking them for a ton of creative um, juice, right? I'm literally I'll record some traumatic recordings on my on my voice memos. yeah but i'll record the vocal i'll record the exact lyrics and exactly how i want them to do it and then i'll, I'll send them that yeah so you're um, already basically doing all so the I'm work giving you're them just, the melody i'm giving the lyrics it's literally just a you're just borrowing song. their voice exactly gotcha so, you might as well just start using ai yeah no no it's, we're not we're not there yet yeah. i tried a couple but could be could be you actually singing on yeah. the tracks pretty soon <laughs> yeah i want to get deeper into that stuff because yeah. you know i'm sure there's gonna be some crazy i mean there already is some crazy tools but I, I don't, I haven't put the time in. Yeah, you know? it's wild. There's been a lot of people talking about remaking songs. I mean, like the Beatles were talking about finishing up and cleaning up songs using AI yeah. and a lot of other it, stuff. I mean, so. it makes sense. I, you know, I don't think it's going to replace musicians. Hopefully, no. Hopefully. Um, but I do think it's going to make it like, and this is why I've been investing time into lyric writing, because it's one of the things that like can can identify a track. Yeah. Right? It's hard with a tech house track. With not a lot of lyrics? Yeah, or a bass house track with not a lot of lyrics to be like, that's that track. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about like Do It To It by Mm -hmm. A Craze or... Well, I mean, all I'm saying is it's all the identity to these tracks, they're all lyric driven, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're not going to get your average person walking down the street being like, I know, you know, just a super underground tech track by the beat. You know, it's just... And and then AI is probably going to get pretty good at building tracks like production, but I don't think AI will conquer lyric writing because it has a unique personality to the person that wrote the lyrics. Right? You can yeah. write your own experiences or something. You know, even like the No Request song, like I wrote that from personal experience. I wrote mm-hmm. all those lyrics, and you know, it was just like I put myself in the scenario of the girl requesting the music and literally made it made a track around that so and that's how i'm writing my tracks now it's what's the perspective of the person in the song and you know what's yeah what's it's a lot to think about and it's i mean it's got to be hard to do but you said you kind of fucked up on it like do you think you just fucked up as not getting into your writing skills earlier and focusing more on production 100 okay I, i think that if i had just like trusted myself yeah. I've been like, you should like, cause I did it for, um, it was a track called ain't drinking alone, which actually got on like new music Friday, Spotify us when it came out. Uh, but then it completely tapered off for some reason. Okay. But I wrote a lot of the lyrics and it was like kind of a little more, you know, personal. Um, and it performed well, but after that, I just, I think I got lazy with splice, you know, and just not wanting to take that extra step of, cause I it did have a lot of experiences where it was just, uh, Difficult singers, um, it, you know, it, it, with industry people, managers being like, hey, we can't release this track for six months and then the track never comes out. I've yeah. had a lot of that happen too. That's why Fiverr's great because there's no one, like I'm paying you, that's it. And you don't have to worry about any of the other yeah, licenses. Yeah, don't have to worry about any um, creative control being given away. Yeah. That's, that's been the issue when I, because I, I would, before I would try and find vocalists that are like somewhat established uh, to collab with and a lot, like I've had some, big collabs that just never came out because the manager was like, Hey, it's not right for us right now. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I just spent six months of work on this, you know? And then they just block it because it's not right. Branding yeah. and marketing wise for that artist. Correct. Gotcha. 
um, I mean, yeah, that's why social media and being able to do stuff yourself is, is so huge right now. And that's yeah. something that you focus on a lot with being able to, to drop your songs and the way that you do it, I think is really smart where you're incorporating a lot of videos of you actually DJing yes. and then you'll have that song that you're pushing playing either in the background or you playing it actually live. Yeah. And so you're promoting that all leading up to the release date and just kind of teasing the song while also just getting everybody to view and so yeah i think the way that my like tiktok specifically came about was from laziness okay i was just like i don't want to spend more than 15 20 minutes making a tiktok yeah you know i like i'm not the kind of guy that does like crazy editing i actually found myself doing that like two days ago and then the video got like nine likes and i was like i spent like maybe an hour trying to like come up with the concept that could be centered around a track in the studio. And then, you know, for example, a month ago, I did a video that was like, this could be like a follow-up to Drugs from Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And I shot that in 30 seconds, and it got like 20,000 views. Yeah, I think you that's know? one of the ones that I saw where you're like, hey, if you like DJ Snake, like you're going to like this song. Yeah, exactly. Um, or like, yeah, if you like so, Mel P, yep. You know, I'm not the guy. Like there are creators out there that crush it with that and, you know, that are spending time editing and doing all that but it's just it's too much i think and the advantage of being a touring dj is you always have people capturing content for you right so yeah. I get that content anytime i have a show i try and connect with the videographer uh to just capture content then i'll go through that on my drop i'll ask them to send it to me send me the link just the raw footage go through the dropbox and then i do like voiceover stuff or i do like you know a little cut up of like you know this was me playing a five hour set for the first time. Yeah. You know, and just actual stuff. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not, and not selling anything, not being like, listen to my track, but it has to have some value. Like, you know, if you like DJ Snake, you might like this vibe, or I hired this violinist on Fiverr to for 50 this. bucks. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, so what's the angle? And then, and then how can I make it just easy for myself to put the content out there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit earlier just when we were grabbing lunch and stuff today of being on social media and maybe even having to play a separate persona from who you really are just to brand yourself uh, where possibly other artists do that. Uh, maybe they are just that way all the time. But as far as social media goes, I feel like that's something that you kind of yeah. have to do. I think like you play into a part, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's got to be in you. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like, I, I can't think that, like, Summit is not actually, like, an animal, you know. Just drinking. And, 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 like, he's got to have that part. It's in there. Yeah. Or else it wouldn't, he wouldn't be showing it on social media. True. You know, it comes from somewhere. So I think it's just leaning into your the part of you that people will, like, be like, I want to watch that because it's funny or it's dope or it's crazy, mm -hmm. you know. So what part of you is unique and what part can, like, uh, capture the atten attention of people and that's what you should lean into as your persona. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself, but I will say with like TikTok, you know, I was always um, like, I didn't love the way I, my voice sounded. Right. Okay. And then I started doing these voiceovers cause I got like a little bit of a higher tone. And I think that just caught people's attention cause then my TikTok started getting like millions of views with these voiceovers cause my voice is just like a little unique. Right. And that worked for me, you know, 
Did it make um, you like more comfortable with your voice then after yeah. or no? Well, yeah. I th- yeah. I think I stopped, you know, maybe even the singing demo stuff that I've been doing also. Yeah. I, I, they absolutely suck. <laughs> but like, I don't feel like, like whatever, fucking, if they judge me for my voice, like who cares, you know? Um, it's kind of freeing yourself of, of that, like caring what people think of your persona or your looks or your voice or, you know, but you should have some like vibe that you want to put out. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like my social vibe, I think is just like high energy, happy, you know, and that that's it. And it kind of shows in my music and stuff, you know, whereas you have some artists that go like darker with their, with their vibe or, you know, a little more artistic. I mean, I also think that you're very real on your, your TikToks yeah. and stuff too, of talking about like, drinking and and the stuff that comes with djing of the constant travel and lack of sleep yeah, and, and it's, unhealthy it's, habits that kind of stuff so. and it's, yeah it's real shit yeah you know? it's like i don't i don't sugarcoat anything um because you know i think people don't really know they only see a like we've been in for the past 15 years or so it's been with or maybe 10 years like instagram and stuff it's such a catered thing that you've seen, you know, Tiesto on a private jet mm-hmm. and like, that's the life, right? You see what you want to see but that's, yeah, yeah, or that's what they want the you to see. They're yeah. not showing you the eight hours that he traveled, you know, the three hours in a minivan fucking, you know, before that, I mean, obviously now he's not doing that shit, Yeah, but you have to get, you have to get there, right? You, you have to hustle and you have to grind. And so I'm trying to show the hustle and, and the grinding part of DJing, Yeah, you know? Yeah, hopefully you, I'll get to that TS to level or on, hopefully. Or on private jet. You what know? are you at right now? What are you? How many monthly listeners you got? Uh, it's almost at 500k. So it that's it, awesome. Yeah, it teeters around there. Okay. And I realize it's like um, I'm not stressing so much about like week one, week two of a track. I'm seeing my tracks from like a year ago, like start to pop off. Really? I just had one that was uh, came out in 2022, and like came out kind of tanked. It was getting like 800 listeners or something a day, which for, for my stuff isn't like amazing. Um, and then now, out of nowhere, just started climbing, climbing, climbing. It's getting like 9,000 streams a day. What do you think the reason is? Do you, do you figure anything Some out? Some algorithmic shit okay. that I have no idea with Spotify, with the radio, the discovery. It, it has to do, I believe, with the popularity score that they see like uh, people stumble upon this track and they like it. Yeah. And then it gets added into like yeah, more all, other people. All that comes from it being a good song. Mm-hmm. So you got to like be like, okay, this is a good song. I should put it out. Um, and now still, I did do some marketing stuff initially to get the track before, but then it like didn't do well. So I was like, I don't know if that helped or not. I ran like Facebook ads and stuff with it for like a month when it came out. But if you look at like the, the chart, it literally drops off completely. Yeah. And then just like maybe three months ago, Hexagon, because it's on my label, Fresh Squeeze, which is a sub-label of Hexagon. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, we noticed this track starting to do really well. I was like, oh, shit, okay. And it also happened with one of my Hexagon tracks, um, Hit the Flow. Yeah. And they let me know. They're like, hey, we see this. You know, it's starting to peak. You're going to get like 10,000 streams a day soon. I don't know how they know, but they told me that. And that was like three years after it came out. Yeah, because I have a, a Bruno Mars edit of, yeah. of hit the flow that i it works really well especially like now here um, tonight, yeah. yeah where you're getting like the lyrics that people are familiar with with yeah. bruno mars but then the beat that you have from hit the flow um is super super upbeat just a danceable beat that works really well but yeah i mean that's strange that it's just now yeah. kind of popping off so. yeah that that was my first like true original 
that passed if passed like five million streams recently that's awesome Spotify, which is amazing yeah um, i had uh the nobody like you mm-hmm. retro retro vision yeah. yeah which is a funny story about that uh it was never supposed to come out yeah didn't you guys uh, just like work on it well no like literally i heard it in don diablo's set um don diablo played it at a festival i don't i don't remember which one yeah and i was like oh wait what is it like i had no idea that it was made by anyone or i didn't even know retrovision at the time uh like i've heard of him from the label but i didn't really know him so i heard it and i was like this is fucking amazing i shot him i found his facebook and shot him a message it's like yo like can you send me this edit first of all and you know be like can we get this released he's like i don't know like let's ask him we asked the hexagon guys and they were like oh we don't know we don't really usually do remixes I was like, no, this is this is fucking fire. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, let's let's give it a go. And they released it, and now it's almost at 13 million streams or, or some shit. I think it no, it just passed 13 million streams. That's so awesome. So it's just like crazy, you know, how stuff like that is. Happens, it, is so. that your most listened to? That for yeah for uh, yeah. for collab for, yeah. yeah. And then your most listened to? What's your most listened to? Just just you alone? Hit, hit the flow. Hit the probably, flow. Okay. Yeah, five with the five million. Yeah. Um, and then Puerto Rico is getting up there, but. Damn. I've had like, I don't know, over 10 tracks with over a million streams. So, okay. You know. What's all um, in the works right now? Uh, let's see. So I have that one uh, that's coming on uh, the Sony sub-label. It's mm-hmm. going to be in like November. Uh, probably drop one uh, in the next month or so on Fresh Squeeze okay. on my label. So, you know, the great thing about having my own label is I can be like, hey, guys, let's just, you know, let's get one out there. Yeah. Because um, we're, we're in like, what, August, September, like by November everything shuts down with the music industry and they really don't advise you to release music around like November, really? December, De- really December, well, just cause like all the Spotify, everyone goes on vacation and all that or stuff. Or it turns so, into Christmas playlist. So yeah, we <laughs> track a lot of times to get overlooked yeah. um, around that, that time. So I try and get it done by like November for like my last release. Yeah. Like I try not to have a track out in December and there's a huge lag time with labels. So it's like, you know, if I send someone something right now, likely be three months, four months before it comes out. Um, so, and I, you know, I like to get music out there on a, almost a monthly mm-hmm. basis. So I'll probably drop something on Fresh Squeeze soon. Um, I got a remake, a, a cover of Beggin. Okay. Um, the, you know, Beggin, Main yeah. Beggin you. Yeah, yeah, which that song was blowing up. Yeah, it's like a future rave one. Yeah. Um, that's in the works and I got a solid label that wants to, to release that. And uh, yeah, I might have a collab with with a big DJ that I can't drop just yeah. yet. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, whenever you were talking about prior of just like the process that of what goes into actually getting a song released or like pitching it to labels and trying to get it out there and then getting rejected, where they're just like, "Hey, like this isn't it right now," or yeah. There's so much that goes into it. it. It's frustrating, and part of the reason I started my own label. I mean, if you look at the top five tracks I have right now on my Spotify, I think at least two or three of them came out on Fresh Squeeze. Fresh Squeeze, okay. Label, which a is amazing because you know royalty wise, I get I get yeah. paid more from that. Um, I don't give up any ownership, and b it just shows like you can you do it on your own if you market. Like I did market it. I did you know make content pieces, I did run ads, I invested some of my own money to get the tracks going. Mm-hmm. But then once that happens, and if they get the life of their own, then it's just like, you know, it's an income source. And then it's also like a kind of like pat on your own back, right? Yeah. No one else did it for you. You you got that shit out there. You got it to almost like Puerto Rico is almost at 3 million streams mm-hmm. without like 
a major label push. That's crazy. Because how long? You've had Fresh Squeeze for two years now? So it actually, like I was releasing stuff under Fresh Squeeze, just me. Um, yeah. Probably like four years ago. Okay. Uh, and then maybe a year after that, Hexagon said, hey, you guys, you want to bring this in as like a sub-label of, of Hexagon, which has been amazing because then they helped me get demos, um, yeah. you know, sign new artists, and start to build it up as a proper label. Yeah, you talked about Don Diablo a lot, and you've got to play with him a yeah. couple times. Yeah, yeah I, I actually have. I can. I guess I can announce this. I'm playing with him November 4th at Dare Day Club, one of, yeah. the, one of like my residencies. Okay. Um, so that's going to be really cool and I'm trying to get on a couple other shows with him. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, but he's been an awesome mentor and someone that, uh, I really kind of want to emulate, you know, you never want to try and copy someone's artistic, mm -hmm. uh, direction, but I really like the, the vibe he puts out and, and just his overall energy and what he's done with building a community is like the hexagonians. Like it's, it's amazing, honestly, if, if you really look at it. There's not many other artists that have that loyal of a fan base yeah. in, the, in the DJ world. Um, and so I really respect that. And he's, you know, taking me under his wing a bit and, you know, helping me out with Fresh Squeeze and then uh, releasing a lot of my songs on his label. So I really, yeah. really respect that, man. I mean, he's a legend. So yeah. for him to actually do everything like that. And, and yeah, super genuine. Like I've met a lot of DJs. And, you know, I've been on support for a bunch of big guys. And, like, every time I talk with him, he's very personable. He, like, remembered that I have a baby recently. He's like, okay. a baby. And, you know, it's crazy. I'm like, how how do you remember that when you're meeting? I don't even remember, like, the name of someone I met last week. But this guy remembers everything. So That's so awesome. I love hearing yeah. good stories about people that are In the that high up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because um, I feel like a lot of times, especially in the nightlife industry, you can run into people that are, Either they did blow up and they completely changed, or they just kind it goes of don't both get, ways for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think the ones that longevity, I think they're more the like people nicer, that are more genuine. Yeah, know, people want to work with them again. Mm -hmm. You know, if you at the end of the day, even if you're bringing people to the club, a promoter might might not want to book you again if you're an asshole to their staff yeah. or you know give a really bad impression. You don't know if you're talking to the promoter's girlfriend or some shit, and you're being disrespectful. That might be the last time you play there, and then that spreads like wildfire. I've dealt with that with booking people in the past and booking it's different artists. Yeah. yeah, you know, you should never treat someone. Yeah, yeah, like it's there's no point to it. A and just B, it's not good for your career. It's something that's gonna happen. So, but hopefully not with with you or anyone else. So yeah, when no, you blow up, don't don't come back around and and be a dickhead to anyone. I, I don't think <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll ever be like that. Honestly. No, because I, I and I've also been. I think maybe it happens to some people that get it too quickly. Yeah, you know, because they're like just so used to everyone kind of cowtailing to them. Mm -hmm. um, but when you've been in it for like like me for a while, you know, you appreciate everyone and you know appreciate the opportunities. I even now like to be touring every weekend. Is amazing. Yeah, you know, I, this is what I wanted three years ago, and now I'm now I'm here. I mean, yeah, you got a pretty stacked schedule. Um, playing Barstool tonight, and then coming yeah. back here in a couple weeks, but then all over Florida, and then what else you got lined up? Uh, so right now, I think I'm out to like almost October. Like I'm I'm two months out of, yeah. of bookings every weekend. Um, I got one that I just locked in at uh, the Grand Boston. Yeah, which well, we is a venue I've wanted to play at for a while. Uh, that's going to be in October and it's like a boiler room style set. 
So that's going to be sick because... Have you played a boiler room style yet? I have not. Okay. So I'm super excited for that. I want... I'm Hopefully they'll have a lot of content people there too because that yeah. seems like it'll be a fun one to... They usually do because I feel like... Um, I mean, Rivas plays there all the time and then a bunch of the, the other bossing guys. I'll see like Danger Zone go there. Crespo goes yeah. there. Um, and I mean, from their Instagram, they always have amazing, really, stuff. really good content. But yeah. I think it's it's probably going to be a set that I record and you know land this boiler room style set. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, upload it. Some you can put up on on like YouTube or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and then a lot at the Hard Rock. You know, like I said with Don Diablo, I'm playing mm-hmm. there. Um, Scottsdale, Arizona, another barstool gig. So yeah, busy. Talk branding wise for you. You got the sunglasses on. Always. Um, that's something you started doing when? Probably about three or four years ago yep. also with Fresh Squeeze. It kind of like happened in Match with the oranges. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah. Know? And, and I just, I think it's important to have something that people are like, oh, you're that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, as you know, stupid as sunglasses are, uh, it's an identifier and it helps people recognize me when I play a show. Yeah. You know, and it makes it so I don't always have to get on the mic. Like, this is Landis, Landis, Landis. People are like, oh, that's Landis. Like, they see the sunglasses right away. I saw right the away. socials, you know, I see yeah. the sunglasses, that's, that's Landis. You know? Yeah, because we, we were talking about other people that kind of always run that same thing, whether it's a sunglasses, a hat, um, having a certain hairstyle, yeah. mustache, something like that. Where yeah, like Valentino Khan literally yeah. branded his his mustache yeah. and he shaved it off recently. Dom Dalla is doing like the mustache but, now. You know that's part of their branding. Yeah, um, and it's I think it's really important if you want to be a DJ of that tier where people are recognizing you when you go out, then you should have something that people recognize easily. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think the glasses is something you picked up and then yeah. you've stuck with it too. Where even when you're posting like videos of you talking you you make yeah, sure that you the have time. them on yeah, yep. yeah. you just always got them yeah. in your pocket always always yeah. ready to go <laughs> love it well i appreciate you taking the time to hop on the show with us here of course um you'll be back in a couple weeks here so we'll see yeah. you when you come back again hopefully i'll be off so that way i can actually uh come, come in and, and see, see the whole set so yeah. let us know where we can follow you where we can follow fresh squeeze get you on your socials so at Landis Official for all my Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Slash Landis Official on SoundCloud. Uh, and then uh, Fresh Squeeze is just uh, Fresh Squeeze HQ. We'll have them all linked <laughs> in the uh, in the description too. Uh, if it's your first time tuning in, just make sure you guys check them all out. Previous episodes are always up on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you go check out Landis. He puts all of his stuff out. Spotify, everything's out on SoundCloud, too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Always dropping some bangers, too. So make sure you go check him out. Thank you, all guys. Right. Bye. Appreciate it. Check. Mic check. One, two. Yo, is this thing on or what?